um, for our guest today. So I really uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're going to talk a lot about how to register your music and how to make sure you can get as much of your royalties as you possibly can. Um, So welcome my bandmate Jordan. So we have Jordan here. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Is that when I I come in? Okay. (laughs) uh, Thank you for uh, being here today, first of all. Sure. And uh, yeah, how are you doing? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to uh, to help out with this podcast at, at any, any capacity. Um, I'm doing well today. It's a beautiful day. How are you doing, Robin? Oh, I'm I'm great. I'm uh, I'm drinking my first beer while uh, podcasting. So I think this is there gonna we be go. a fun one. It's 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 definitely going to be a fun one. It's always fun with us. <laughs> Friday. Okay. So I guess to get started, can you just kind of tell um, the audience uh, a little bit about you, like musically, and then like kind of where you're at today in terms of your like job and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Well, musically, I picked up guitar and piano around, uh, I don't know, the sixth grade. I don't know what year that is, 2007. Um, So then playing music for that long, started writing music in, in high school, uh, went to college originally for music composition, got out of that <laughs> real quickly, uh, switch over to music management. And that's when I started knowing Robin Moore is when I switched my major at University of the Pacific. So we lived in a house together for three years. Yeah, I think three years. Yeah. And um, the house was called like in, in around the campus was known as Knowles Castle. Um, Knowles, because that's the name of the street it was on, and it, it was like kind of a castle-like structure. Um, not really, but it, it was a very nice, cheap place to live for college for students. us, like, 18-year-olds, <laughs> we were like, we live in a mansion. Right, it, it was awesome. Like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and Robin was like maybe 10 feet away from me, maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 feet. Uh, where we slept <laughs> um, in different rooms. <laughs> but uh, that's where the, I don't know if you guys know Castle, K-A-S-T-L-E, the name band. Castle Band. That's kind of where the name comes from, was Knowles Castle, just kind of put together. But anyway, going back to the music thing, uh, been writing music for for since high school and continuing to work on that craft. Uh, graduated from University of the Pacific, major in music business, focus on classical guitar, uh, still singing and playing piano and guitar, uh, writing songs more for just myself, but I think I'd like to get more into maybe releasing some more music. Um, currently I'm employed at a music publisher slash record label called position music. Uh, that's in Los Angeles. I work in their royalties department and the music royalties coordinator. My majority of my time is spent uh, processing the income we receive. Um, so we can, properly pay out our artists and, and songwriters. And I do some other administrative tasks there, overseeing some mechanical licensing agreements, uh, any scanning that needs to be done. Actually, I don't have a scanner with me currently during the pandemic, so I haven't been able to do that, which is awesome. <laughs> it's great. Um, trying to think of some, I don't know, copyright research, random stuff like that, generating reports. Um, but yeah, that's where I am today. I'm hitting my two years next month i think on april 15th wow. yeah that's the same day my old band won battle of the bands i think it was april 15th and that's also ethan's birthday the basis i think 
Wow. Shout out to Ethan. Full circle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think some of your some of the songs I really love from your old band were uh, written by by him. You're always like, I didn't write that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thank you for uh, sharing all that. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of you. Um, as like on your own, as well as like the stuff that we do together. So yeah, I'm excited to see everything that you do. Thank in you. The yeah. Yeah. Thank I've you. always. Like, even from when I first saw you on stage, I always was like, yeah, like, yeah, you just have it figured out, I feel like, on stage. Wow, thank you. I love performing, especially when I don't have to hold a guitar. Just yeah, you're being like free. At it. Having a wireless mic and then, like, also breaking the mic clip like I did at your show. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Whoops. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Okay. Um... I just got an email that was like seven days since your song came out on Spotify. Was that a week ago? Yeah. Wow. Our uh, remix. Which oh, I got I that think, too. I think I just I'm got that add, email too. <laughs> uh, the remix to the outro of the episode so people can just. Oh, like, yeah. I think that'd be fun. Okay. That's really good. So yeah. let's, just, let's just dive in. Can you just break down the different type of royalties that there are? Yes, I can. Um, well, before we get into that, let's uh, let's kind of break down royalties by two the two dis- yeah the, the, there's a two distinct two distinct parts of a song, um, and if there's anything you should learn from this podcast, it's probably this. Um, so pay attention. <laughs> uh, there's the the master the sound recording. That's one thing. The other thing is the composition, the musical work just other terms you could hear for that. So we have the master, the sound recording, the composition, the musical work. The master recording is literally just the sound recording, the music that you hear. So an example I was thinking of was um, Nine Inch Nails has a song called Hurt, and they have their own recorded version of that song. Now, Johnny Cash, you might know his cover of Hurt, Johnny Cash, that's his own sound recording, right? So two different sound recordings, right? Okay, that's the master. The composition side is who wrote the song. This, this could be the lyrics, the melody, harmony, the chords to a certain extent. Um, so the song Hurt that we were just talking about, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails wrote the song Hurt, right? So he earned songwriting, recording, songwriting royalties for all the different recordings of the song. So Trent Reznor receives... Uh, composition income from Nine Inch Nails version and Johnny Cash's version and any other version that's out there because he wrote the song. And what I'm getting at is that there can be multiple recordings for one song, right? Right. Okay, so we have the, the master, sound recording, and the composition, musical work. Those are two separate things. That's very important knowledge. So if we're getting into royalties now, let's uh, let's start with master royalties, right? So we have just general master income from sales and streaming, your artist royalties, master royalties, whatever you want to call them. So this is if someone buys your, your music physically, digitally, like on iTunes or Bandcamp, um, or streams your music, like Spotify, Apple Music, whatever DSP you're using. So there are royalties generated from those sales and streams. Another one, another 
royalty stream, income stream is performance income. Uh, on the master side, this is usually called neighboring rights income. And you might've heard of sound exchange. Um, sound exchange pays digital royalties for non-interactive streaming platforms and uh, non-terrestrial radio in the United States. So like if your song is, if your song is broadcasted or performed on like Sirius XM, Pandora, iHeartRadio, those performances will generate neighboring rights income for the, the master recording. And then there's a little bit more to that, but I, I, I don't want di to uh, dive deep into that because um, there's neighboring rights has uh, uh, different, there, there's different shares of the pie depending on who owns the master, who recorded on the song, who's a backup musician, producer royalties. Right. It's, 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 I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. You can look it up. Um, but, uh, that's performance income on the master side. Next we have, um, master sync income, which is not really a royalty. And I, I think I'll wait to talk about synchronization income when we talk about songwriting royalties, okay. but, um, there is a, a fee you get if, your music is used in a in visual media. Um, there's a master fee. And I'm trying to think. I think there's also like producer royalties for the master side, but I'm unfamiliar with that. And I think that's more associated when you have a, a label, and like some of your gross income goes to the the producer. Although I'm not too familiar, and I don't want to <laughs> talk about something I don't know too much about. Oh, I'm trying to fix my pop filter right now. It's <laughs> it it fell off again but I fixed it. Okay. Next we have, so we were, we just talked about our master recording income. So for the sound recording, now there's also income for the composition. If you wrote your song. So the side's a bit trickier because there's another uh, component and that's publishing. You've probably heard of publishing. Um, so let's say you write a, a song 100% by yourself and you, you don't have a publishing deal or you don't have any other deal that would give away your copyright. You own 100% of the composition and you own 100% of the publishing on that song. So if you hear of publishing royalties or songwriting royalties, those are kind of, they're in the same realm because it's on the musical work side of, of royalties. Um, so getting into the specific types of royalties on the composition side, there's mechanical income. This is a royalty due to a songwriter when a copy of your song has been reproduced or distributed. So uh, if you write a song for an artist, let's say Ariana Grande, you get a cut on Ariana Grande's uh, album, the song that you wrote. Uh, someone buys the uh, CD physically or digitally, um, the songwriter is due a mechanical royalty, which is currently the statutory rate, um, 9.1 cents um, per unit sold in the United States. Uh, and this rate is established by the, the Copyright Royalty Board, and it's it's the law. <laughs> so that's for when you purchase a, a song digitally or physically. Artists, are you tired of the low streaming payouts from Spotify? Did you know that if you get 60,000 monthly streams, you only earn $264? Just to make $1,000 per month, you need 227,000 monthly streams. These payouts don't even cover the cost of bribing playlist curators, let alone come close to the cost of producing your record. What if there was a way for you to actually sell your music for $20 or more per song? And if this were true, you could make $1,000 per month from just 50 sales. 
This means you could earn $100,000 per year for only 416 sales per month. Now to put that in perspective, to earn $100,000 per year from Spotify, it would take 1.9 million monthly streams. Now what sounds more realistic to you? Make $100,000 per year from 1.9 million monthly streams on Spotify, or only 416 monthly sales on CinderTrack. CinderTrack is the opposite of a beat store. While beat stores allow established producers to sell tracks to aspiring artists, CinderTrack does the opposite. Established artists sell their raw multi-tracks to aspiring producers to use in their portfolio to get hired online. Your multi-tracks are the individual audio files you record during a tracking session. They include each individual instrument and vocal performance on their own separate track. They're the edited files you'd send to a mix engineer for mixing. But wait, if I sell my multi-tracks, what's stopping someone from using my tracks in their music? Buyers are issued our portfolio license, which has a lot of legalese that basically says this. Any content created with your multi-tracks is automatically owned by the seller. In other words, if someone uses your tracks in their song, you now own their song. But here's the thing. Remember that CinderTrack is the opposite of a beat store. Buyers aren't buying multitracks to release them. They're buying them to gain experience and build a portfolio so they can get hired online. If you ever tried to learn to mix, you know you can't even start until you write a song and record all the parts. But what if you're just a drummer, or just a guitar player, or just a vocalist? How do you build a high-quality portfolio that allows you to get hired online when you're only one piece of the puzzle? With CinderTrack, buyers can make their own versions of your song. Whether it's doing their own mix or muting the drums and playing their own, they can share their versions on their CinderTrack portfolio page. This is a private page they can use to showcase their work while keeping them off of platforms like SoundCloud and YouTube and keeping them out of the public eye. The best part is that CinderTrack is completely free. We have a core belief that we shouldn't make money unless you make money. Upload your first five songs for free and we just take a 20% sales fee. We also offer instant payouts with no music distributor required. This means that if you make sales while you sleep, you literally wake up to money in the bank. Right now, we're running a promotion exclusively for podcast listeners where we'll pay you $250 bonus once you upload your first five songs. Just use the promo code RBOS at sign up. To join, head over to centertrack.com and click Start Selling. Just fill out the sign up form and include links to your music. Once you're approved, you'll be contacted by your dedicated account rep who can help you with every step of the process. Also make sure to check out episode 11 of the Indie Music Money podcast for a full interview with me, Ben Turner, CEO of CinderTrack. Now, back to the podcast. Now, streaming, this is an entirely different concept. Um, right. Well, I don't know. It's been like 10 years now. What, what year are we in? God, has it really been 10 years? It's been like maybe 15 years. I, I think Spotify is like 2008 or seven. Oh my God. I don't, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. It feels so old. I know. It's crazy. But uh, just think when streaming came along, we didn't know what was going on. Um, Dude, when and, I was a kid, yeah. I still used uh, LimeWire. Like, no doubt. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the ones that that's like Napster where free yeah, downloads? Yeah, like illegally download shit. Bro, but it, it was 
I was called on iTunes. The weird thing is that, well, this was before, uh, before iTunes? iTunes launched. Because okay. once right. that happened, I got so into it that I right. even bought like Glee soundtrack songs. Yeah, like, I got into I bought music videos on iTunes. Like that <gasps> literally. Android videos? That was my shit. I, I bought some 41 <laughs> videos. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how, how uh, iTunes kind of comes around and puts value back into music and people start purchasing it again. And then we're, I don't know. Like the iPhone then, comes like, out and then streaming becomes available and we everybody just wants their stuff for free now. And streaming is so weird because each platform has their different payout. You yeah, I mean? like, they do. Yeah, on, on the master side, they have different royalty rates. Um, yeah, yeah, for like the streaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and what, isn't Title the... Title's the best, yeah. Pays out the most, but also I think Spotify has the they, biggest... Title just got sold though, so I'm wondering if that's about to change and if they're about to. I read a headline about that. I forgot about that. Is it? I forgot who was it. Sony. I forgot who bought them. Who would buy Title? <laughs> Dude. Also, though, I'm really surprised that like Jay Z actually sold because I feel like he was so like, tr- like he was trying really hard to help artists. So like, I'm really confused as mm-hmm. to why he would just like he's already super rich. Yeah. Oh, it was Square. Square. Oh, is it um, Square bought title? Like, like Square Inc. Uh, the Cash App. Is that? Cash App. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I gotta. I gotta look into that. Um, okay. I, I wonder how their numbers are doing and how they're surviving. Um, yeah. Also, I, I know. I, I, I don't think they have a big subscriber base. To <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think that they do either. Um, I know I didn't ask you to prepare this, but did you read anything about how SoundCloud is now gonna switch? Mm-hmm. Uh, royalties to like fan base yeah because yeah, like spotify part of how they pay the royalties is like all of the membership fees they collect goes in a pool and then based on whoever um like whichever artists get the most like the market time, share yeah. yeah 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 so they get like a little percentage of that as well i'm wondering um, that so if that's why we're not seeing any <laughs> Royalties from Castle Museum. I'm like, hmm. Dude, I actually saw on our site we made like four dollars. Fuck yeah! Oh, excuse my language. Can I swear? No, yeah, yeah, you're good. On, okay. Uh, I looked on CD Baby. Also, though, screw CD Baby. Yeah, that's been an interesting process. But yeah, uh, it's gonna. It's interesting how how uh, SoundCloud's testing this out. Um, I don't know how successful it's gonna be. It sounds like a lot of work, but maybe they've been working on this for years and they have their own systems built internally um, yeah. and it's all going to flow easily i think next month i think that's when they're starting to roll this out um and i get to see i'm excited to see if my company's statements are higher or lower um who knows but yeah, i mean I, I feel like soundcloud is a really cool platform to listen to or and there are certain people who are really like they only listen on soundcloud so maybe certain artists will actually see a really good payout you know <laughs> Yeah, and that's how they're marketing it. And you've seen those example artists where they say that currently they made $100 this month and now they're making $400 um, yeah. because of fan-based royalties. Yeah, I, and if it's successful and it's people love it, uh, then maybe other DSPs will follow suit. I don't know. That's It's it's interesting and who knows what's going to happen. I could yeah. I probably need to brainstorm some like, more predictions, but time will tell. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Back to composition and come, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so we talked about mechanical royalties and, um, if you write a song for an artist, you get 
mechanical royalties for um, physical and digital sales. Now we're talking about streaming, um, a bunch of different components to streaming. The, the, there are lots of different rates uh, for streaming, depending right. on if it's interactive, non-interactive, meaning like Pandora, you can't choose your song, although I think you can if, you have, if you're on their, one of their tiers. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're on the radio, you can't... Yeah, you can like pick the song choose. you want the station based mm-hmm. off of, I think. Okay, but not the actual song. Where Spotify, I want to listen to Pumped Up Kicks. I'm going to search right. Pumped Up Kicks in it. Pandora, yes, I'll likely hear it once, but it's a shuffle radio. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into that. Interactive, not interactive streaming. There are different bundles, like, like uh, I know my I, I switched over to Verizon recently, and there's a, an Apple Music bundle with like Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, so there's a different royalty rate if you have that. It's like six months that I have that. But there are different family plans, Spotify family plan. I'm on that right now. Um, there are premium versions versus ad supported versions. There's a, just what I'm getting at is there are a bunch of different royalty rates and streaming yeah. is very confusing. Um, and then, sorry, I just want to cut in really quick. Spotify also um, recently um, announced that they would basically like you can you can cut down the um, income you make from them even more and they'll like push your music out more. So it's like actual ads on Spotify. And Wait, I'm sorry. Does. Can you say all that one more time? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. So like basically yeah. what what it does is like you um, you're taking less royalties and they're going to push out your song more. So they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll take even more from you, but we'll show you to more people. Hmm. And I don't That's like that. Interesting. Yeah. Because they're already paying a fraction of a penny and yeah. they want to make it even less. Yeah. In theory, that sounds awful. Um, it just kind of feels like depends a on, face to like it does. independent artists. Because like yeah. big artists, it doesn't matter. If they already get 22 million streams a month, mm-hmm. then to them, that is like, you know, like it's a fraction, but at least they're still making X amount of dollars where people who yeah. are getting barely any streams, that just means okay, yeah, now I'll take half what I was actually going to take, which is now a fraction of a fraction of a penny. Yeah. You know? Like, what the it's, hell is that? It's interesting. Very interesting. Um, I think it could be beneficial for yeah. some more independent artists. I think there was an article that came out recently saying that, oh, was it like 13,000 artists on Spotify make like $50,000 or more? Wow. Um, I mean, a I, year, I know uh, that they a like... a quarter or a year, I don't remember, but... They like expanded into a lot of different countries as well. So like I know that they're doing a lot as to like they can really increase your fan base, but it's also like such a yeah. trade-off because it's like I mean, I, I guess that's the whole point though, is like that's why you need to have other stuff set up because this needs to be like established no matter what, but it mm-hmm. might not be it's not the main way to make money. It's just what yes. you, you just need to know about it. That's kind of, yeah. And what I'm getting at is is only a certain percentage of of artists are making this amount of money on Spotify a year. And I don't know what it is for other DSPs, but if you're only making that much, like what's the harm in reducing your royalty rate to push out your music? And maybe these fans will buy your merch, come to your shows. It's just money in different areas. And I know for more independent artists, I know you've been saying that maybe you shouldn't see streaming as like a primary income source. Use these these DSPs more as like social profiles and for people to buy your music in different ways or buy your brand in different ways. Um, so, the, 
it just I think it's better outreach. Who knows? This is yeah. we're in a weird age with streaming. I mean, and like Spotify is really cool because you have full access to your profile. So you can change your bio every day if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like you know what and like no other DSP really gives you complete access like that, I think. Yeah. Like and so I think that's really cool. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's a good way to, to test. And maybe if you are really trying to sell a certain product, you can try the Spotify thing and really push it and see if it actually helps. Like maybe you I mean, we can do that. Fans. We don't, we don't. I mean, yeah. That's something we could try. Or we don't care about our rate. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I think if your music is good enough and you really feel like it's going to pop, like maybe mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that, that one person that's like, oh, I've been waiting to hear this song my whole life. Who knows if it's like a, a, a term deal or if it's, um, like a, a per song deal where yes, you can reduce my royalty rate for this song, but push my song out. Or I, if it's yeah. in general, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I got to read about I mean, that. If that increases my chance to get on a like um, algorithmic playlist and actually mm-hmm. like get our music start like to be out there. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. It's interesting. And honestly, this industry today and probably always, it's just even more today to me feels just, it's getting a little bit more inauthentic <laughs> yeah. and uh, just like this, like reduce my rate and put me, the, put me on a playlist. Like it's, I feel like it's a little bit of payola to me <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you know what happens a lot, especially with labels, record okay. labels and Spotify and, and getting their music on the top playlist. It's well, I mean, I, feels, I, I bought the, um, indie bible right which is supposed to just be like a list of contacts to help you get on all of these like spotify playlists and i emailed all of these people and it's like i either don't hear back from them or they're like oh it costs 20 20 bucks to be Mm -hmm. on the playlist and i'm like how is this a legitimate thing when i already spent 200 dollars buying this thing to get your contact Mm -hmm. and then it's an extra 20 bucks for am i gonna get real listeners is this a real playlist like yeah it's screwed yeah it feels terrible it's like my music's good (laughs) why can't it naturally be seen or grow there's just so much out there today and how you cut through the noise is is by paying for it yeah and either a reduced rate i guess now or paying money to be put on a playlist or maybe you get lucky and you get scouted by a label i uh then you get an advance and you can't recoup yeah i know (laughs) advances like i roll I, um, I, I heard something where it was like, you should, um, you should not put out your songs on Friday if you're a like small Hmm. artist, because if you do any other day, then you get everybody who's like, oh, is there new music out? No, I have to wait till Mm. Friday. And then you don't know. That's interesting. And I'm like, that's a good strategy for like independent artists. You should start a new hashtag, like new music Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's do it. Okay, moving on. Okay, we were talking about composition income, mechanical royalties. Um, It's a royalty due to a songwriter when your music is distributed or reproduced. That's it. And streaming is has a bunch of different royalty rates. Um, There was actually a royalty rate increase ruling in 2018. If you guys have heard the Music Modernization Act. Um, Yes. Yeah, one of the things, the streaming mechanical royalty rate was increased, or it's set to increase over the course of five years. Uh, but most of the DSPs are appealing that ruling right now, um, except Apple Music, I think. <laughs> so, like, good on them. 
<laughs> Apple's like the only one who's like, I have money. It's fine. yeah, right. Like, <laughs> people will still buy my iPhones. We're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you should definitely look that up. The Music Modernization Act. It's important. Yeah. Okay. More composition income royalties. There's performance income um, royalties generated from the performance of your song. So if your song is played on terrestrial or digital radio at a venue, at a mall, at a restaurant, in an elevator, if it's broadcast on television, you have a performance royalty due. This is payable by your performing rights organization, your PRO. In the United States, we have ASCAP, BMI, most commonly known ones. Uh, we have CSAC, which you have to be invited to join. Um, GMR, I think. I think that's still around. And I think there's another one as well. So I don't know why we have five. A lot of countries just have one, but I USA. <laughs> uh, Canadian one. So can. Yes. That's all so I can. got. Yeah. And the uh, GEMA in Germany, PRS in the UK. Um, okay, cool. Burma, Stemma. Where is that? I don't know. I don't even know if I'm saying those correctly. They all have their different My, acronyms. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. My uh, experience with PROs is like pretty simple. You just my Siri keeps popping up on my Mac, and I don't know why. Mine's been doing that too. Siri? No, I'm not. No, yeah, mine's been doing that too. Weird. Okay, sorry, everybody. Okay, um, my experience with signing up with a PRO has been like super simple. Um, I've signed up myself, and I've signed up um, an artist of mine. Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know i think that like if you're not registered you should be mm -hmm. that's the only way to be able um to collect any of these royalties uh yeah right absolutely right? well yeah. your performance income it's important and yeah a lot of times if you're maybe signed to a publisher or even a record label or someone assigned to a record it's it's a way when you're registered with a pro and you and you um register your music say these people wrote the song. These are the publishers on the song. This is the song title. This is an artist that's performed. It just, it's kind of a research tool that a lot of people in the music industry use. Um, they're yeah. public repertories and you yeah, can look I them up. Like you can recently like changed it, right? To make it, it did. More, like searchable. In the United States, ASCAP and BMI have been partnering apparently for a long time to, to release song view, which is their way to, it, it's, it's like they're, 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 repertories but it's like combined and and bmi and ASCAP work together um to hopefully more accurately than ever um have correct splits and and writer and publisher information because whenever i need That's so cool an answer to to something usually at work i usually go to a, a, uh, one of the repertories and now songfee has actually been pretty helpful um they're kind of it's kind of ugly looking place, right? in my opinion it's the web design like huh Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's actually, there are two different websites, um, oh, ASCAP, still? but they call it Songview, and they're, like, different. Like, BMI is, like, a, a, a dark tone, and then BMI, ASCAP's, like, a light. light. Yeah, I, I think, if I'm recalling correctly. And it's just, light. like, why don't they kind of brand it better? But also, they're separate PROs. So maybe they're doing that on purpose. Yeah. But anyway. I, mean, I think that's yeah. cool, though. I think it's good oh, for yeah. people like that to work together, especially, like, in the music industry we all have to be on the same page so like yeah them for making that happen yeah and i and didn't even yeah. think about it from like your perspective as like this is your job so if you need like information i'm sure it's mm -hmm. so hard to find if it's not actually registered correctly 
Yeah, and this just ensures a bit more that the registration is correct. And it ensures that maybe some performance royalties are more properly getting paid out because it's very messy. There's just so much going on. Right. Talking about performance royalties again, I want to segue into sync income from this. So I mentioned that you can receive performance royalties from your music being broadcasted, like on, on television. Um, well, that can start from a sync, from a synchronization. So if you've not heard of sync before, this is like when a, when a studio or a production company wants to use your song in a film um, or like a TV show, an advertisement, promotion, on the, maybe just on the internet, it's syncing your music to visual media. Right. Um, and there are payable fees for the composition, for who wrote the song, and the master for whichever recording they used. So back to the, the Hurt example, uh, if someone wants to use that song, let's say it's $50,000 um, all in, well, I'll get into that later. So there's $25,000 for the sync side, meaning Trent Reznor, he wrote the song. He'll get that money, but I'm sure you know he has a publisher and that'll get broken up depending on what his deal he has. Um, let's, and then let's say they wanted to use Trent Reznor's recording. So then Trent Reznor, his record label, will likely get a, um, will get a, a master fee, $25,000. So there's a payment due for the master and the composition for sync. And it's not, I, I, I don't think it's like a royalty because I, I think of royalties more as residual income. This is more just a flat fee. Yeah, but let's say, right. yeah, because this is like a license to be able to use your song. Yes, yes, you yeah, would need a, a sync and master license. The, the uh, umbrella of like what you're due for when your music is being used in someone mm -hmm. else's project, kind of a thing. Yes, exactly. Um, and tying that back into the performance income we just talked about, if your if your song is put in a, a television show or a movie and that's broadcast, like this is us, the show, this is us. Have you seen the last episode? I have not. Watch that. Uh, was there one that came out like today, yesterday? Um, I haven't seen this week or last week. I haven't seen this week. My dad's watching it and he's like calling me about all this stuff happening. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> he's like crying. I'm like, I know. I did too. Dude, my mom is so funny because we'll like be like at work and she's like, I know this is a really bad time, but uh, <laughs> have you uh, seen This Is Us this week? And yeah, I'm like, right. oh my God, yes. I'm yeah. like, Randall, oh, what's happening? You have to watch the show. In the future like all the stuff in the future, mm -hmm. what is happening, who is with who, who's still alive, who's mm -hmm. not, literally what's happening, I am dying. I'm, I'm team Miguel, by the way. I love Miguel. Amazing. Why is but, in the future, though? Okay, sorry. Oh, I know. I know, I know. I, I'm going to cry. But performance income, let's say you have your song used on This Is Us. This is us um, yeah. You will get residuals from that because it's a performance of your song and it's broadcasted. Um, the, the PROs have their ways of collecting that data through cue sheets and they run it through their system and there's very specific royalty rates they have and it's very confusing and you I know have, it's dependent on oh what sorry I have two questions about that but you might sure. answer them in what you're about to say so do you oh, want to ask or do you um, want to continue what you're saying you, uh, let me finish this real quick it's just okay. you know there are different royalty rates depending on the territory your music's played in I think the, you know, the type of use, if it's in the background, if it's someone's, if it's visual, someone's performing it, um, uh, I guess in territory, right? The, the network it's being played on, uh, it's, there's a lot of rate, different rates and calculations they have, and it's confusing. Okay, what were you going to ask? Okay. Did I answer yeah, so that? <laughs> what, what I was going to ask was, um, so I'm sure the rate is like, 
multiplied by the number of views, right? So, like, mm-hmm. for example, you know how they have, like, singing shows where people are singing covers of songs? Mm-hmm. So those people who wrote the songs, they're getting royalties off these performances, right? Yes. They also have to they get a sync fee, the songwriters, because they have to clear the song to be... Right. So the royalty potentially is like more expensive if you're like singing on idol and you have 8 million views versus some other Mm. show no one knows about. And you have maybe like a million views. Right. Yeah. You mean the performance royalties that come out of that? Right. I don't think it's, I don't know. It's dependent. The the PROs um, uh, have to secure blanket licenses. Right. With, with these um, networks. networks? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like an annual fee or maybe it's also there's an ongoing royalty due to the PROs from the networks. That um, makes sense. But my, there's my, an option. other question. Okay. Can I say something Sorry. real quick? Yes. Yes. Go it's, ahead. Um, there are certain networks that will, what's it called? A performance license. Um, they will pay a performance license to, or they, they will secure a performance license and pay a flat fee to um, a publisher Meaning that whatever happens, how well this does or whatever, then we don't have to pay performance royalties. Cool. Yes. But what was your other question? Um, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. So then you know how, like, um, This Is Us, for example, mm-hmm. is on, like, streaming services. Mm-hmm. So then every time this is streamed... No. They- Okay. That is something interesting that I think should be changed. Yeah. And the, the key word is broadcast. And I Got really it. hope I'm not wrong about this. A stream is not a broadcast. And there's, yeah, there's a sync fee due if you want your music used in a Netflix film. Right. But there are no residuals from that. And there should be. I think there should be. It's it, streaming's dominating. That's the future. It's literally the future. Right. So, I mean, what? Streaming solved the biggest fair. problem in the music industry, which was everyone can steal music. You know what I mean? And so, like, I don't know. But, okay, I have, like, a, another question. Sorry. Sure. So, I've, um, there are, like, lots of shows where I've been very, like, attached to the music in it. And I, and so some shows I've, like, bought. And when I rewatch it, sometimes it's not the same song. So is that oh, like they huh. can't get the license to put it on the DVD, so they have to get another song? Huh. Do you think that's uh, what it is? That's interesting. I've never right? noticed that before. Yeah, it, it's I maybe mean, it's dependent on on the the license and what they negotiated originally, meaning right. the production and the publisher. Um, there could be, you cannot use a song in perpetuity, which means forever. You can use a song for only when it's released in the film or you said a television show, right? You can only use the song for this duration. Um, it's, it's all set in the license. I mean, it's all negotiated beforehand. And yeah. if the song was the same from when you watched it later, when you bought the DVD, um, I think that's ancillary rights. That word I don't know too well. Yeah. I mean, but, it's probably just like written into the contract where like copies mm-hmm. can be made of the show and purchased and like it's- Yeah, like- yeah. And the term is, is forever- territories world wherever it, it's it's all dependent on the license and you know the more territory you want covered the longer the song you want to they want to use the type of use um how they're going to use it, it that all will affect the fee so like okay well we have a commercial i want it to run for one month 
with this song. Let's get a license for this song. The term is one month. Well, now we want to run it. Or yeah, now we want to run it for an extra month. Well, they likely would have included an option on the license. It says, okay, well, you can run it for this, but we want uh, we want fifteen percent more or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all dependent on the license, and obviously, right. the more the music's being played, or um, the wider the audience, the more the fee is going to be. Right. Okay, I have I have one last <laughs> uh, composition royalty, which is print income. Um, you know, like transcribed music, sheet music, um, sheet. tabs. If your lyrics are displayed, and I don't know much about this one, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably I mean, more lucrative can... for classical composers. Yeah, well, yeah, I could talk a little bit about this. So, oh, like, sure. Um, <laughs> I've talked about this on the pod a little bit before. <laughs> but I. Um, when I was in high school, I really wanted to be a band teacher. Mm-hmm. So I was like really close with my band teachers in middle school and in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I spent a lot of time helping them with their sheet music. And let me tell you that band teachers have like 500 to 1,000 scores at a time. Like they have a ton. Mm-hmm. And like there are stores that are literally... Is that even what I mean? The sc- they have more than just the score. They have like the, you know what I mean? They have like the score plus the sheet music. I don't even know what it's called because I didn't get that far. I was like, I can't yeah. teach children. So like, no, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no way. But uh, yeah, so there are stores where it's like a sheet music store and you go and it's like a library, but it's just the like folders of sheet music. And mm-hmm. I've been to these stores before and they're pretty freaking cool. Like, Oh, they are interesting. Huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I know that's a small market, but it's definitely something that like mm-hmm. educators yeah. like play a big role in that. And I think that like, sure, yeah. there are certain like professors. Um, I don't know. Like there's um, a composer who he used to work at uh, USC. I don't know if he does anymore, but I played a couple of pieces by him. Um, and I think cause he's like a California composer. He's just kind of known um and in high school i played at the disney concert hall and we played his piece in front of him nice oh my god <laughs> yeah i know right um dude freaking so cool though i'm like nice. such a freaking band nerd um but yeah, so i don't know i think that that's cool so yeah, yeah so anytime anyone buys any of his sheet music he gets yeah the i don't know royalty. yeah a print yeah like more it's like print income Oh, I haven't even talked about YouTube money. I don't want to talk about YouTube. YouTube is its own world and it's so confusing. But yeah, I mean, I think we could talk. Okay, here, here, I can say what I know. Oh, can I say my real quick thing about print income? I, I, 100%. It's either that when you, oh, I want to buy this sheet music from a, um, a sheet music store, music store. Mm-hmm. It's either then that there's a royalty due or that the, the, um, the shop, the, what do you call it? The, not the company. What do you, like the business? Mm-hmm. will say, okay, I want a hundred um, copies of the sheet music for this song. Oh, so maybe they pay it's it. either maybe then, they yeah. buy it wholesale or something. And yes, yeah, yeah. I think. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I think that's how think record that stores did it with artist income before or mechanical. Yeah. Hmm. I, I gotta think about that. But Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So, all right, were you going to say something? Because I, I just finished talking about all these royalty income types. And I so, think if you could like summarize them again, like just real quick. Yeah, summarize it really quick. Sure. So we have the master recording. There's royalties for uh, general artist income or um, artist royalties from streaming or sales. 
there's performance income, otherwise known as um, neighboring rights. Um, there's master sync income for the, the master side of the, if your music is synced. Um, and then producer royalties, but go look that up. I don't know too much about that. Then we have the composition side. Um, there's mechanical royalties, performance royalties, sync income, there's print income. Um, am I missing something? I don't know. I don't think I am. Uh, you said streaming, right? Yeah, that'll affect um, performance income and, and mechanical income. Right, right. Uh, yeah, on the composition side, I mean. Yeah. But that's the summer. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. I know it's a lot to go through. Yeah, uh, sorry if this is boring, anybody. <laughs> no, it's not. I feel, and like, yeah, no, it's it's all stuff people need to know. So even if it takes them a, a while to get through it, it's just about them getting through it. Totally, um, yeah. And hit me up with any questions. Say, yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, all I was going to say is that on YouTube, if you upload a video, um, I think they have some type of like, I don't know, server thing. They, they put it through something and then it will uh, like see if there is a copyright on like whatever mm -hmm. um, audio is in your video. Yeah. It's and called so, their content ID system. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, I think that's set up really cool because it helps you, it helps um, connect the video to your PRO so they can like track that. Oh yeah. There's like performance income, there's mechanical income, there's, there's master income. It's YouTube and it's like when it was released, it, I don't think they had a grasp of what it meant for the music industry and things weren't thought through until it like they got too big and they're like, shit, we got to get our shit together. Yeah. I but they had this wonderful, yeah. How they all are. Like yeah. SoundCloud, same thing. They're yeah, like, we're, oh shit, we should do oh, something shit. for independent yeah. artists. <laughs> yeah. And good for them. I mean, yeah. Good to get their name in the news more, I guess. But yeah. Uh, well, let's just say, uh, a vi someone uploads a video of them drawing a picture of a cat and they put what song Robin they put before he cheats by Carrie Underwood to the right to, to the video right yeah. now he's about to get lucky okay back to uh oh boy we have to take a break now uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Ooh, Remember we did that karaoke at, at Barney's in LA? Yes. Oh my god, that was so bad. Yes, that, that was like it was the last karaoke of the night. Like they shut it off after that. It was. Uh, it, it was my. I literally was like, Anna, <laughs> record us. So bad. Oh she my didn't god. record us. No, she didn't. <laughs> That's okay. She was though. like, ah. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I don't oh, think you want to see this. Like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun. Anyway, uh, someone uploads the cat video of uh, and puts Carrie Underwood to it. Even I think even if they like slow down the song where the pitch would drop or even change the pitch or make the tempo faster, uh, YouTube has this incredible content ID system that will identify the recording. And that depends on if um, whomever represents the song um, has their asset uploaded to YouTube and is registered like, with, with YouTube and has all that figured out. An asset being like a sound recording, like um, I think she signed a universal Carrie Underwood. So uh Universal will, Universal Music Group will have their content ID system, and they'll have an asset for Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats, and I'll add that to YouTube system. YouTube will scan all these videos. It's crazy because there's a lot of videos out there. 
yeah, and it'll say, oh, hey, we're putting it, we're putting a claim on this song, like or on this video. And there's like, you know, counterclaims and all these disputes. There's several we can go back and forth between the, the video owner or and the copyright owner. I mean, in the end, like it's you gotta pay you gotta pay the artist and the songwriters. But I know people yeah. are upset, like, oh, why'd you do the why are you putting a claim on my video or why'd you slap an ad on my video? Well, I, there's a royalty too. You're using You're someone using else's someone's copyright. Intellectual property. Even on yeah. yeah, even on Facebook. And I know it's frustrating to see all those ads now, but that's like Facebook's content ID system. It's the ad revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what what will happen likely is Carrie Underwood's whoever rep, reps her recording, I think UMG will tell the video. We'll slap an ad on the video just so there's more money for it. Other options are to take the video down or to. Rem- remove the music from the video itself but i mean uh, personally like i think the cool thing is like they don't take your video down for using the song they just say hey now we're gonna put on this ad so the artist actually makes money like you can still use the video it's just not your music well the copyright owner has the option to take down the video too yeah okay okay but i mean mean, why wouldn't you want the video up for right however much money it's very little money it's very little yeah and the publishing side is much more little. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did that answer? Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Um, okay. We talked about uh, licensing, right? Sync licensing. Yeah. A little bit. You want to talk about that more? I don't know if we need to talk about it more. I think that we talked about it enough, right? Unless there's okay. anything you had to add. If you have other notes, um, that I have you some want notes. Like, like print some like fun facts and like little little terms like um, yeah yeah for sure well, please if you're trying to clear a song for your production the publishing has to be cleared first and once the publishing once the songwriter approves um, then then you have to get a license for the master you can't go after the master recording first um, that's just okay. how it is because if you think about it the songwriters are the backbone of the industry um, yeah. so let's say I don't want my song used in a Trump commercial well I can say no. Um, the master side, if they want to use a, a cover, someone co- covered my song and they want to do that recording, they can say yes, but no, I wrote the song. I'm saying no. The songwriter said no, yeah. So that the publishing has to clear, be cleared first. They have like ultimate um, say. They have yeah. like veto. We talked about this a bit before. There are negotiable terms when you're licensing your music. The territory, the duration of the song, the type of use, um, if it's going to be used in the background, if there's a vocal or using the instrumental version. Um, right. The term so of the like, use. There's no yeah. like, yeah, because you know how there's like some some shows, right, where it's like mm-hmm. the characters talking and there's background music, or yeah. like no one's talking and it's like the close up of the face and all you hear is a song and you're like, oh, yeah, God, that's the like songs bringing me into the moment. It's a like, background okay. vocal. And that's what the yeah. background background vocal, or if it's a background instrumental, if they're just using the instrumental version, visual vocals versus visual instrumentals, or if I mean if the person's performing like uh, live, like on the show, like on a. One Freaky Hill. Friday, yeah, that show, or like Freaky Friday with the uh, "You're it, you're the ultimate, it's automatic." I'm sure. I love that you brought up Freaky Friday because the main character <laughs> no, from One Tree Hill is in Freaky Friday. Oh, really? That's funny. The dude, the one that <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis falls into. Yeah, the the like younger dude. Yeah, the but she like falls in love with him. It's kind of weird. Bad hair. Fun fact: yeah. the last time you ever see him in the show, he has that same hair. From freaky. Oh, weird. Uh oh, he's like really like ten years later. <laughs> oh, oh, ten. Mm, I didn't know that. But um, yeah, there's a 
the term of the use, how long you're going to use the song for, the synopsis, how the song is going to be used. Is it a sex scene like on Bridgerton when they had that sex montage and they use my company song cover of Ayo. Wildest Dreams? <laughs> Wildest Dreams. Wild. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting. Uh, I, I watched it. I watched that show. It was an interesting show. Yeah, I don't think it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to be really focused. Uh, uh, what am I talking about? Then the the media, like, what is your film going on television? A film, or sorry, is your music going on television? A film on the internet? It, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's the gist of sync. Um, I don't know if I need to like go into these specific notes. I had. You can ask me later if I have any fun facts or like little terms I can okay. I can mention. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess the next thing would just be like, where should every artist, songwriter, or whatever, where should they be registering their music to make sure that they can um, collect all of mm-hmm. uh, their royalties? Yeah. Um, if you're a songwriter, you need to sign up with the performing rights organization in your country. So the United States, that's ASCAP, BMI, most likely you'll sign up with one of those. Um, that way you BMI can collect your... Free. Yeah, BMI is free. Ask comes like 50 bucks. Um, And you can also create a publishing entity through your your PRO, but it's going to cost you for both ASCAP and BMI. Um, This way, you just want to make sure that you're you're registering your songs correctly uh, for other people that, because if other people use these PRO repertories as a a copyright research tool, so it it makes sure that you're getting paid more efficiently and correctly. Like song trust? But also. Like, what do you mean? Well, like, uh, let's say Spotify needs to have uh, the songwriters in their system for this song. They have my song Underwater by Jordan Telgenhoff. Go look it up. It's all right. (laughs) Underwater. (laughs) But uh, if the DSP is like, I don't know who the songwriter is, and or like, maybe my name was spelled wrong in their system, and they need, I don't know, something, or a split was wrong, I don't know. Got it. You can search. Yeah, they're probably the first thing they'll do is search uh, ASCAP or BMI. I'm BMI affiliated. Got um, it. Same. Nice. Um, and then they'll find the correct information there. It's just a research tool for other other um, players in the music industry to more accurately have your information. But also for if you, you need to make sure your songs are registered so you can get performance income. Also, if you're a performer and you perform your own music, um, uh, you can you can you can register upload your sets, right? Yes, uh, it's registered. I keep using that word. You can, upload you can like upload your set. Yeah. So I, I made money this past year before COVID. <laughs> I performed a lot of my music, and I, I um, and I uploaded my set list to BMI. And a couple quarters later, they they paid me. And what I, I think overall in music, I earned like twenty bucks <laughs> for like my composition income. And I had to get like two 1099s. I'm like, fuck. So I had to like pay the extra. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, but yeah. that is annoying. <laughs> but also like cool ball. Yeah. It felt great. I'm like, oh my God, I got a lot of money from doing what I love. And it, but you know. And it's cool because it's like your music, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's like pride in that. Yeah. So there's some decent, somewhat income for. Um, performance income if you're performing it. But uh, you yeah. should also register with the Mechanical Licensing Collective. Um, this is maybe a long one to talk about. Uh, they're yeah, they're new. Like pretty new, but yeah, for sure. Tell us about them. Mm-hmm. So 
how am I, how am I going to start with this? Well, the mechanical licensing collective in, in January this year administered blanket <laughs> pop filters. <laughs> I'm going to leave off my pop filter or I'm going to hold it. How about that? It just doesn't work well. But anyway, mechanical licensing collective administered blanket licenses with the DSPs at the beginning of this year. And hopefully they will more accurately than ever pay songwriters their mechanical royalties. Um, we were talking about streaming being a newer concept in like 2007, 2008. Um, there was confusion if there was a mechanical royalty due uh, because is this your song really being reproduced? It's just being streamed. It's not like you own the music. You just have access to the music. Um, but it ended up being decided that there is a mechanical royalty due because the songs are technically being reproduced on their, the DSP servers. Um, so uh, there's also just like, it's kind of unfair royalties and songs aren't matched super well. Um, it's so, so a lot of people might not be getting paid their mechanical royalties correctly. Um, but hopefully now with the mechanical licensing collective, um, there's like an organization that's, that's all they do is they like match. This song goes to these writers and we owe mechanical royalties. By the way, the mechanical licensing collective is funded by the DSPs. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Am I supposed to, I think that's all I want to talk about about that. There might be some, I mean, just go look it up. It, it's. There's probably even a video out there that breaks it all down. It's like really confusing. Um, and I hope I did a good job explaining at least some of it, but. Yeah. I mean, I think like there that, was a problem. And so people were like, okay, well, yeah. we'll try to solve the problem. And so hopefully this, yeah. starts, I mean, I've uh, registered with them, you know, and yeah. we'll see where, where that goes. We'll definitely yeah. They're, they're supposed to be paying out first mechanical royalties next month. Um, oh, for wow, okay, January cool. mechanicals do. And hopefully it's, um, I mean, I know the people there have been putting a lot of work into it. I hope it turns out how uh, they initially, their vision was. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how the future looks, but you can also sign up with the Harry Fox agency um, or music reports or both um, just to make sure all of your mechanicals are, your United States mechanicals are getting collected. Um, I, I don't know, because if everything's transitioning over, if streaming mechanicals are transitioning over to mechanical licensing collective, who knows if you need HFA or, or music reports. But you can look those up and just, like, sign up anyway, I guess. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, that was, like, all songwriting things you should sign up for. If you're an artist, sign up with um, your neighboring rights society in your territory in the United States. That's not an exchange. Just do it. Register your music just in case, like, when. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's all. That's it, right? That's okay, all I can cool. think of right now. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about publishing, mm-hmm. right? Because so like we're talking about before, say you're like an indie artist and you like write your own song, you like play everything you make, like you do the whole thing. Like say, you know, like you're a hundred percent owner of this whole song. No one uh-huh. else is like in it. So you automatically own the publishing, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. like, is there a way for you actually to collect that without having a publishing yeah. entity? Yeah. Or um, yeah, if you have your own publishing entity, that's like yours. That's you're collecting all that income yourself. Um, 
I think, are you trying to say like, is there a way to collect publishing without having a public entity? Um, yeah, uh, no, um, let's, when I say publishing entity, I think of that as like a self-administered songwriter, like, yeah, no, same. Like register yourself with BMI. But what, what I'm saying is like, Say someone's not doing that because mm-hmm. they think they can already collect 100%. Oh. Can oh, they no. actually? Or do they uh, need to have no. a publisher listed? <laughs> I think you need a publisher listed. I don't think right. you can get paid your mechanicals without a publisher. I could be wrong, that's, but... That's what I think, too. Like, I think that... I think it's a misconception where people think they'll be able to collect it. But, I mean, this is why, like, I created um, my... Um, publishing entity to try to help like artists collect uh royalties that they aren't right now um Mm -hmm. because i think that's a that's a thing that people they kind of miss out on that and i mean publishing like if you end up getting a lot of streams that is like a lot of the royalties right like the publishing side of it yeah um it's little i mean depending if we're talking independent artists i don't think you're getting a ton of income from your streams on the songwriting side if you write your own music but um i don't uh, i think if you want to collect 100 percent of your income and you don't want to sign with a publishing company then yeah you definitely need a, a publishing entity um, you yeah. want to be able to collect your mechanical income but also fun fact um i i think was it last year i created my publishing entity with bmi um what did I, I forget. I think it made like 20 bucks or something or maybe, oh no, it was like, it was like 12 bucks from BMI this in, in 2020. Nice. Uh, if I did not have a publishing entity, that would have been half of that. It would have been $6. Maybe I wouldn't have had a 1099, but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I was happy to have it. Yeah. I guess that's the whole point I'm trying to like get across is like, yeah, you should I think be. if the publisher is enlisted, like that's income you're missing out on, you know? Yeah. And uh, for performance income, like I receive two royalty statements. I receive a royalty statement and a payment for my writer affiliation, which let's say in 2020, that was $6. I also received $6 because of my publishing entity, my, my affiliation. And that was also $6. So it's like, well, I doubled my money. Um, and that's not always the case. It's like, I don't know if your publishing is, is if you sign away some of your copyright on the publishing side. It, it's all dependent on what right. deals you have and everything. But yeah, I, I would say definitely if you're considering taking music and songwriting as a serious thing, and you're doing it like a lot, and your music's going to be released a lot, definitely yeah, it's worth it. It's return of investment. Like I think you're going to yeah eventually make that back, and I think it makes it more official for you potentially. And and if you eventually look to sign a deal. Then, like, you already you have some of your copyright already. Maybe you can try to retain more of it. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, and I think having I something like established is just good and getting the process yeah. of like every time you put something out, that's gonna like increase. And yeah, maybe at mm-hmm. some point, if you ever do sign a deal, you can say, "Well, I had all of this set up, so." Yeah, I mean, a little more because I already had my shit together. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean, who knows so if like, that actually oh, has publishing? Like, if, if yeah. you're like, oh shit, I didn't even know, and you're saving the. Deal, I know. Yeah, that makes them like they can take more from you. You know. Yeah, it, it puts like, gives you more leverage and clout. I think when you. Yeah, for sure. Kind of know your shit and have your shit together. 
yeah, to the best of your ability. I think it's, you know, not possible to collect 100% of your royalties, especially by yourself if you're not signing anything. It's just right. too messy out there and a lot of mismatched songs. Maybe someone forgot to enter your name into their system, so you're not getting paid royalties on the composition side. Right. Uh, it, it's a lot of, you know, human data entry error. Um, and then, like, a lot of people passing your money around, like, I don't know, you, you get your song streamed in Germany, and that's... And Spotify hands that out to... Um, Let's say as an artist on like your record label, then your record label deals with that. It's like already gone through two people. There's yeah. a lot more potential for mistake, um, even more on the songwriting side, because you're dealing with different splits and numbers. And and this, there can be like, what, 20 songwriters on one song? Kanye has a lot of songwriters. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Easy. Someone comes in the room, he's like, goes, you should put, oh, there. He gets like 1% of the, of the songwriting <laughs> split. Did I answer your question? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that the, yeah, I think it's not, it's not possible to get hundred percent of your royalties, especially when you end up working with a team. Um, but I think the way to get as close to everything you should be receiving is to just do everything we've talked about. Right. So yeah. like, register all of your music get a publisher like you know you did the yeah, you're publishing it, you're yeah. gonna get that is if you're if you're doing it all um sorry i'm just reading what the point of view it's okay um i don't like this question was i distracting you before when i was like playing with my pop filter <laughs> i didn't see it till the end and i'm like started laughing i was like I was, like, looking at it. It's like a lollipop. Okay. I think that, I don't know, this might be a misconception because I'm not, I don't think of myself as an artist. I think of myself more as, like, a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because, like, I'm a trumpet player, so, like, that's where that comes in. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of artists they get really nervous to give people like a percentage of, I mean, which they, they, they should, right. They should be nervous, but do you think there's a point where like it's advantageous for artists to actually like take less royalties to get maybe help from someone else like on yeah. the team or like, I don't know, this even kind of, I feel like this even is like the Spotify thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Where like you're cutting the royalties you take, but like maybe you're being pushed to more people and maybe uh-huh. you get a super fan from that, you know? Sure. And well, we're talking about artists. We're talking about record label side, not right. publishing. Um, if you write your own music and you're the artist, that's great. You have different sources of income, but we're talking about the master side. Um, I, yeah, I guess it, it, it all depends on the, deal that you have with your record label if you're signing to a major you're likely going to get a bigger advance but like who says who guarantees that you can actually pay back that advance and and recoup and start making money for you from your own music the record label is likely going to try to own 100 percent of the master recording right Uh, i mean i think you can potentially negotiate if you have better clout but right what uh, about without a label Um, mean giving up some of your copyright? Yeah, so like... Mm. 
Well, maybe not some some of the copyright, but like maybe you know how like oh, there's certain okay. like DSPs you can yeah not DSPs but certain yeah uh, or uh, distributors yeah I know what you're saying right uh, distributors who are like maybe you don't pay the fee but they yeah cut like, like route note right um, I mean but route, they do yeah. have that paid plan as well but like they do, do you and think I, I mean well, to explain to the listeners like route note is a distributor like CD Baby or TuneCore or DistroKid. I think route notes in the UK. I use them for my single that came out last year. And um, I use like the, the paid version, which I just found out I owe like $10 a year. I get to keep hundred percent of my income, but like, fuck, I have to pay 10 bucks a year. It's not worth it. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be if you're, if you're interested in putting more effort into your music, but I was not. And now I owe $10 every year and I wish I had not. I didn't know. I, I thought, I thought it was just a one-time fee, but there was also an option. <laughs> quick little rant. There's also an option to, not pay anything to route note, but they collect a 15% admin fee. So I'm not giving away my copyright. I'm just like saying, Hey, you're administering my, my, my royalties. You're collecting and, and processing my income from streaming and sales. Um, take it a 15% admin fee for doing that. Um, it's, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot. I, I don't think it, it that's a tough question. It depends on like what you think your return of investment is going to be on your music. If right. you're making money, like, oh yeah, sure. Let's, if you're making money from these streams and sure, like let's pay that annual fee and I'll just get that extra 15%. And I'm right. paying that fee. If you're like me or like how Castle is right now with us, we likely don't need that. And we can say collect our admin fee. It's, we're probably never going to meet the threshold anyway. Maybe one day. Um, threshold meaning a DSP probably won't pay you out until you have like $50 earned yeah. and they'll pay you. But your question is, when is it? Yeah. I mean, it's all dependent on what you think is best for you. And if you think you're going to make a lot of money from it, if you're new, um, I wouldn't maybe test it out yet. Like if you're releasing your first single, maybe just like do the free thing and give away some of your, well, Give away some of your royalties, not your copyright, yeah. but give away some of your royalties for that admin fee. See who's consuming your music and get your target audience and, and maybe change up how your music is if you want, I don't know, or have a new plan and gain a fan base. And in the future, you can pay that annual fee because then you have a following. But yeah, it all depends on your return of investment yeah. and what you predict uh, that will be. Okay, sorry. While we're speaking of this like free thing, have you heard of uh, United Masters at all? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but I've heard of it. What is it? Um, so it's a distributor, and they're okay. like mostly like they market themselves uh, to rappers. But there's like a free version. I don't know what percentage they take, but like there was this whole big thing that came out where they were registering songs on sound exchange okay like for the artists but they were putting like the name they were putting like the sound mm. exchange owner or sorry the uh, oh they were putting themselves as the yeah, as like as the, the, the master owner. owner correct huh i gotta look more into that because i don't know i mean it makes sense that they would do that um yeah actually uh, i had that happen recently to me with the field i can i can go into that later but what, what's What's your oh, well, no, question? You can just, you can just oh, um, I mean, it depends. Uh, neighboring rights is tricky because there's different pieces of the pie, like we mentioned. There's master who owns the master recording, who's an artist, who's like the featured artist. 
uh, who's a studio musician. There's, I think, producer royalties too. Um, I could be wrong about that last one, but um, it, if you have a distributor who's going to register your song on Sound Exchange, they need to put themselves as like the master owner, and then so they can collect it. It's just out for you. Yeah, it is. Sound Exchange goes, okay, here's this money. You deal with processing it. Um, this happened recently. My old band Field Diplomacy's second album. Um, we used we went through a distributor, like a distribution company, that was also a, that administered our music. So I think we gave away like fifty percent of our royalties, not the copyright, but they took a, an admin fee. Um, and but they also distributed our music. And recently, I was going through Sound Exchange. So I'm like, hey, maybe I'm you know I'm an I'm I'm an artist on this song, so. Like I performed on this, so maybe I can collect my um, those types of sound exchange royalties. Um, right. And I thought I went through sound exchange and said, "Hey, I'm the I'm the artist," you know, clicking through their, their portal. Meaning, I didn't talk to anybody. But I'm saying, "Hey, I'm the artist for these 14 songs," um, and uh, I want I want you to know that <laughs> like this is me. Pay me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think sound exchange got confused, or maybe I messed up. I don't know. I don't remember. But I think they thought I was claiming the master recording, which the distributor we signed with claims that, um, right. which is, I was confused when I saw this claim pop up because it was like the orchard and that's Sony's distributor. Um, I was like, who the hell's the orchard? But apparently the company we signed with went through the orchard distribute. And Got it. so I answer your question. I forget what your question was, honestly, but, uh, I think there could be more to this United masters deal that I don't, and the situation I don't know about, but it sounds right to me that they would put themselves as, as the master owner, maybe not the performing, the performing. Yeah. yeah. Cause they have to collect it. That's just like mm. what you gotta okay. do. And it may look like signing away your copyright, but it's not, but it's possible that like maybe some are written in your distribution, distribution deal that they can take more of your neighboring rights income. Who knows? Yeah. It's all, that's why you got to read your deals. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and that was the main thing. The guy was like, I didn't read my contract, but like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I guess uh, just to like round it all off, like, do you have any tips for um, up and coming uh, artists out there? Yeah. Your artists or songwriters or both? Any artists. Okay, artists, sure. Songwriters, anything. Yeah. Um, well, your connections are important in this industry. There's a lot of noise out there. Um, it's you know, very hard to get noticed. This industry is tough. Not even just like the creative side, even for finding a job on the admin side. It was hard for me. It's it's a very, very sexy looking industry and everybody wants to get into it. Sexy. <laughs> I had a professor that used that word and it, it freaked me out, but now I'm using it. <laughs> uh, your connections are very important. If you want someone to listen to your music or for you to get a, a co-write with a, a well-known writer, you need to know these people. And how you go about that is how you go about that. I, that's probably mostly social media or in post-COVID world. Um, yeah, LinkedIn. In post-COVID world, you can just go to networking events, yeah. maybe songwriting roundtables and just like talk to the songwriters afterward. Oh, I love that song. Let's write together, bruh. But um, Maybe not like that. Probably approach that better. But connections are important. Uh, just like think if you're if you eventually somehow end up in the writing room with someone uh, where a song is being written, and and 
you get a percentage of that song, like even 5%. Because you like said, oh, we should put this like here. No, it's not great. And they include it and you get a percentage of the song. And the song gets cut by Taylor Swift. Like, fuck. Um, well, that's like, that's pretty good. You are going to get some good composition income from that. Because first of all, you don't have to do any marketing when the song comes out. It's like yeah. Taylor Swift's team is all that marketing. Um, you're going to get some decent mechanicals. If there's a sync happening for that song, well, yeah, you get a percentage of that sync. That could be some good money. Um, yeah. And now that you have songs cut by Taylor Swift, well, that looks better for your resume and say, hey, I'm a co-writer on the song, getting you to more writing rooms, better sessions. Um, yeah, that, that's my thing. It's just connections are important. Yeah, for sure. Do you like, do you have any tips on how to like ask people for help if you need help mm. or like how to like because I think people kind of go about things the wrong way so do you have any tips about like how to go about it the right way yeah um this is more coming from like the administrative side or like well this is more from me trying to find a job in the music industry and make my connections um and i talking not about like the creative songwriting artist side. I'm talking about my nine to five job. Um, uh, it, your connections are very important. If you know somebody at a company and you're applying for that position, they can recommend you. Or if you're lucky, it's in their department and they're likely to hire you. But you can, like you said, LinkedIn, or if you find somebody's email, go look at, try to look it up. Just ask for an informational interview. Like, Hey, um, this is who I am. Um, I saw your work here and I thought it was amazing. And this is a, a cool point that you brought up in this article you wrote or whatever the song that you wrote. Um, I would absolutely love to get you a coffee someday. Um, and in this world, you can probably buy someone a gift card because <laughs> we can't meet in person, but I'd love to buy you a coffee or buy you a gift card. Please. Can I, um, or don't say like, please, please be like, I'd love to, Pick your brain um, about this, this, and this. Um, if you're available, please. Uh, if you're comfortable and available with that, yep, yeah, I'd love to set something up. Um, yeah. And whatever, worst case, they don't reply. Or worst case, they, like, blacklist you, which is unlikely. <laughs> yeah. But, or they say no, which is fine. Yeah, or they say no, and at least you've emailed that person, and they even you can approach them later for something and they recognize the name. Like a lot of people are going to be like, wow, this person took initiative and all they want to do is conduct an informational interview. And for those of yeah. you who don't know what that is, it's just like asking a bunch of questions. Like, um, can you tell me about how you got your current role or um, how you got to where you are, what your day-to-day looks like? Um, how do you get inspiration? Um, I'm thinking of random wow, questions. Like how do you network? What news sources do you use? Yeah. yeah. My favorite question to end on is what advice would you give to your 25 year old self? Um, Nice. If they're older than you are. (laughs) Yeah. They're like a year older. It's like, um, (laughs) I don't know, bro. But that, that's the way you can meet people. I don't know how well that would work on the creative side with songwriting and co-writes and I think it would still work. Like, yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing is just, like, being genuine is the most important part. So, like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I get a lot of people that like reach out to me and they either like don't say a word and send me a like link to a video or something mm-hmm. or they're like, I think that's what's enough. up, bro. Like, how are you doing, bro? And I'm like, OK, well, if you would take a second to look at my thing, like, you'd know I'm a girl. So, like, you could just chill. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's just a better way to go about shit. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a definitely respectful way. Don't just throw your music at someone. I'm not going to listen to it. I mean, I might, but yeah. it, it's like, fuck, like, now I have to take a minute to, I know it doesn't I seem mean, like a lot, but, like, fuck, I gotta take a minute out of my day to, like, pull up this link. Yeah, and all yeah, exactly. Send me a link, I'm not yeah. clicking on it. If you're someone I've at least spoke to, and you, like, don't say a word, but you send a link, like, I'll think about it, but if you say something, and then oh you're my gosh, yeah. this out for me. Oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, yeah. can I can I send this to you? Yeah, that's, like, yeah. more likely. Like, it's yeah. a friendly person who's genu- genuinely wants feedback, yeah. or connection and it's like it's yeah definitely approach things yeah. more friendly is i think what we're getting at and say thank you super important to say thank you yeah, um, at the end thank you for your time like thank you for your time yeah exactly yeah i feel like i spent a lot of time telling people like oh yeah like reach out to so-and-so and then i'm like i didn't tell them how i'm worried <laughs> be like hey what's up like <laughs> here's my shit <laughs> yeah yeah like pay me money like i don't know like maybe they're saying the exact wrong thing and i'm like oh fuck i should have like really specified be a real human being with people they like yeah that's another thing is if you i know we're going too deep into this but if you're reaching out to someone and don't don't just use a template yeah you can use a template i guess but make it unique for that person like oh my gosh i saw this video of this and i love the specific line that you sang in the song or this little sample you use or like little production technique this little lick i don't know make it personable for everybody and that's going to make me feel good if someone took the time to listen to my stuff or to review my work then i'll yeah i'll do or the even same for they you like took that like minute to be like okay jordan is a guy that wrote the song underwater and then they go to the message i love your song underwater like even taking even that. that like minute to be like this is, and not just like oh i'm talking <laughs> to six people i'll say like relatively the same kind right? of thing yeah and, yeah yeah, absolutely I think that like means a lot totally okay so i guess lastly just um where can people find you uh yeah what do you uh tickle my strings is my primary handle do i need to spell that it's just tickle no. my strings one word i'll okay. uh, link it so sweet yeah. i'm you can find me on linkedin under my full name let's connect I'm tickle my strings on Clubhouse. I don't really know how to use Clubhouse yet. So, like, thank you for the invite, Robin. I just think, yeah, you have to. It. Um, you can stream my music at Jordan Telganoff on all DSPs. You can stream Castle on all DSPs. Yeah, I think that's that hits everything. Don't go to my Twitter. All I do is like yell at Verizon Wireless for for not committing to what they what they said they would commit to. Yeah, all I do um, on my Twitter is a uh, bitch about my part-time job. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm a fucking security guard. <laughs> That's what you'll find on my Twitter. <laughs> um, I love it. Okay, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. This was so yeah. great. Uh, thank you. Of course. Love you. Love this. Love uh, you. Love this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and I'll, yeah, the... Um, I'll have the Alex Cade remix of On My Own, the song that Jordan and I wrote together. I've meant to tell you for two now. Is that yeah. the right key? I don't know. I remember looking in your eyes, stars were aligned. 
Seasons change and feelings fade so far away It was hard enough to lose your love For this